0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're putting the band back together. We're on a mission from God.
1: Welcome to a new edition of Dropping In. My partner in crime, Omar Echeverry, is not joining me today. That is one of the weird things about this current world we live in. Places are opening up, and he actually last minute got called back into work. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but exposing people to this virus I don't think is a good thing. That's a topic for a whole other day, but the show goes on, and my next guest is a selfish pursuit of mine. We're going to find out if he actually has anything to do with surfing, but I found out recently he has a lot to do with skateboarding, and, and those two are certainly have a synergy between them. Um, I My favorite musician in the entire world is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. He passed away, uh, it'll be three years, I believe, in October. Broke my heart. Never going to get over that. Um, but the other day on his social media account, there was a photo there of Tom Petty's skateboarding. I've read both his biographies. I've been to at least 10 of his shows. I thought I knew everything about the man until I saw that picture, and it blew me away. I found out who the photographer was, and joining us now is that man who's a world-renowned photographer dropping in as Jim Arrington. Jim, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Hello, everybody.
1: (laughs) Uh, So where in the world are you right now?
0: I am currently in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Is that is that like your your home home or is that somewhere you currently landed? Uh, why Nashville?
0: Uh, it's where I currently landed, and my geographical uh, conundrum is probably way too long. That could be a podcast in itself. <laughs> this is where I have, I have lit for the moment.
1: Okay, gotcha. I mean, I to I was,
0: me, I was living in a suitcase for about ten years um, and traveling a lot, and needed some sense of uh home yes needed a couch that had a guitar sitting beside it i needed uh a kitchen where i could cook Uh, (laughs) just needed to slow down for a minute and long story but i ended up here well
1: yeah i feel like you are a true artist in that uh simplicity is all that matters right as long as you have a place place that provides the essentials you can do your work uh, I, and the reason why I say that partly is because I did check out your, um, I've done a lot of research on you and, and some of your, your stories are fascinating. I know like you lived in Milwaukee for a little bit. You lived in New York City. Where are you from originally?
0: I'm from North Carolina in a wow. small, small railroad town called Salisbury. And, and, and uh, go ahead, sorry. Took off from there to Hollywood in the early 80s and then New York, then Nashville, then Milwaukee, then New York, then 10 years in a duffel bag.
1: <laughs> that's a long time to be in a duffel bag. And, and that's where you're at right now? It's still in a duffel bag?
0: No, I unpacked. I uh, stretched out, unpacked. I have books on bookcases. Um, wow. I have a bed that I make in the morning. It's incredible.
1: That is incredible. Um, so how did you i mean i look again i I saw this photo and and from briefly reading about you i could tell that you love tom as much as i do if not more you have this incredible history with him his music again i you know i didn't grow up in privilege i didn't have the happiest or easiest of childhoods and his music saved me you know i mean I, i feel like most of his lyrics pertain to the underdog pertaining to the person who just simply has not had it easy in this world and that it's okay. I mean, he was a voice for those, for, for those people who were fighting that struggle. And then I'm reading about you hanging out with them. I think you, 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 you crossed paths with them when you, when you made your trip to Hollywood. Can you please at least describe how you first met, how your paths crossed, and how your relationship started?
0: Well, I'll start even before that in North Carolina. Um, in my particular age, I uh, grew up very into music. And f- for uh, several of these years in North Carolina, uh, you know, punk rock was coming out, new wave, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, the new music. Right. I was already into a lot of stuff blues, country, rockabilly. I mean, even as a teenager, I was into a lot of stuff. And um, to me, especially in that time in the 70s, Southern rock was this kind of terrible shit that I didn't like, um, Molly Hatchett, and just kind of a redneck rock thing that was prevalent in the South. I didn't like it. And okay. yet, the South is where rock and roll is from, Elvis Presley yes. Jerry Lee Lewis. So um, it was weird to be a Southerner and like not really digging the music that was currently coming out. But uh, I had a friend who was one of my skateboarding buddies but we also were very into music together as well. And his older brother uh, did a lot of, uh, had a lot of influence on us on a lot of bands and music. He worked at a record store. You know, we were barely able to drive. So his older (laughs) brother really gave us some great things. And he was in the Tom Petty. So, uh, you know, as soon as I heard Petty, I was into him. We were all into Petty. And then, of course, finding out that he was from the South uh, suddenly made us—I think—kind of uh, not that I'm—I really give that shit about that much of a shit about the South, mm-hmm. but it did make me proud for a minute. It's like, yeah, there is some good Southern music coming out of here, even though he was already Petty had already moved west by then. But still, they were a Florida band.
1: Gainesville, Florida, to, to be precise. Were, are you a, were you a fan of his since Mudcrutch, Mud or was this after that?
0: No, I, I would have been into him before the uh, third album, which was Refugee. Um, gotcha. Uh, probably around the, the time the second album come, came out, or maybe just after that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It's definitely before the th- Refugee came out. Okay. So... Um, Anyway, big petty fan and a a big skateboarder for several years, very, very into skateboarding. So anyway, I moved to Hollywood. Um, I went to photography school for a moment in North Carolina and decided that was not for me, especially (laughs) in a dry county, which uh, didn't have that much of an arts program. I mean, it was, I just wanted out of the South. Right. I took off for Hollywood and got out there and started assisting some photographers and trying to shoot music and trying to shoot whatever that I wanted to do. And I met this guy, kind of a crazy guy that was, uh, well, he ran guns for the Sandinistas. He, uh, (laughs) he He had this Sort of comedy act that he did as a Southern Baptist preacher, but he opened for punk bands like the Minutemen and and other. Uh. Anyway, he was also who, who very, is he? Who who is this guy? I'm going to leave his name out for various gotcha. reasons, but um, fair enough. <laughs> okay, he's uh, and a very talented graphic designer and illustrator, and I met and we became friends, and. Um, he had been doing all this work for Tom Petty and Billy Idol and uh, you know, the, the Bob Dylan, Tom Petty tour stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was via the management Tom Petty's management, which also had some of these other people like Billy Idol and Stevie Nicks, I think. So anyway, he had been doing stuff. And one day I was at his house and he said, "Um, would you like to, uh, I'm going by Tom Petty's rehearsing over in the Valley. You want to go with me? I said, yes. You know, yeah. This guy knew I was probably a massive Tom Petty fan, but I'm not (laughs) sure if he knew or not. But so we go, and um, they're at Joe's Garage, which is the place Frank Zappa had kind of a rehearsal room. And Petty and them were renting it. You know, it's just a small place, room to rehearse in. So we went there, and there they are, the Heartbreakers. And I'm, you know, still relatively uh, greenhorn from North Carolina. And so I've got my camera and uh, they're playing just really a bunch of covers, not even any petty songs. And um, we smoke a bunch of pot. I take a few pictures, we get along fine and meet Tom and all them. And after a few hours, uh, me and my friend are leaving and um, Tom says, see you tomorrow. <laughs> i'm like damn right you will with oh, that invite so tomorrow became uh, a couple years of shooting petty so anyway you're wondering about the skateboard photos so. no I,
1: I i'm wondering about all of it i anything i mean look i my dream interview in life would have been tom and that's obviously never going to happen now so the next best thing is people who knew him who associated with him and you did I'll hear all of it share anything I mean so so that first day you you hang out with Tom you're smoking J's what what, do you remember any of the covers they played
0: um splish splash I was taking a bath wow uh I don't know why (laughs) I remember that one what else um
1: Cause he does, he's played a lot of covers over the years and a lot of it, not live. Like it's, he has so many albums that have been released with, you know, all these like random recordings and there's a lot of covers he's done and they're all amazing to me. Um, you know, so,
0: just good rock and roll. I mean, I think yeah. there might've been a, you know, a Eddie Cochran song, I think. Um, boy, so they were just
1: jamming that day. They were just having fun. That was the whole purpose of that. Session. Well,
0: that's just, I mean, they, you know, as big as they got as stars, I'm still in touch with a couple of those guys. And um, they always were just uh, good guys and remained mm-hmm. that way through all the, the, the big stuff. They're guys that really liked rock and roll. They were fans, you know, they're just, yeah. they weren't built to be asshole <laughs> stars. Yeah, no. No,
1: and, their, humi- their humility adds to the appeal. I mean, they've never acted arrogant ever. I've never seen that. It's, it's impressive.
0: So, you know, they just playing a bunch of songs like that is, you know, is as fun as anything, probably. So that's um, the way you encountered them, which was just like my friends, really. And um, I remember the first day, uh, Tom, this is probably a bad word now, but he says, nice to meet a fellow confederate.
1: Um, <laughs> I don't know if the word is bad but the flags might be <laughs> well, you
0: know, yeah. I don't think he meant anything of, you know he certainly hated racist sexist yes. redneck bigots I mean that's well and what?
1: he expressed some regret for I think he, incl- he included the flag either on the album cover of Southern Accents or somewhere and I think he expressed yeah. regret in that afterwards but
0: was, none of those guys in the band would have had any leanings whatsoever you know right but, you know it can be confusing Decades ago, and you're mm-hmm. about that thing. But anyway, um, so yeah, I did a lot of hanging. I just shot some, uh, shot two different tour books, which was a whole lot of shooting, which was actually not going on tour. It was just going to their houses and shooting them and shot stills on videos, shot some just all this stuff and a lot of hanging. And then not long after uh, his house burned down, remember? Under serious yes. circumstances, he had this yes. other house that uh, he moved into.
1: and This was a dark period of his life, right? I think he was about to go through a divorce and
0: all sorts well, of crap, right? Well, I, I, yeah. I mean, I didn't realize it at the time because I met his current wife a lot. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, I didn't really, or I can't remember being privy to... And they stayed married for um, quite a while after this. Anyway, I was, one of the times I was over at his house, we were, uh, as usual, smoking pot. And (laughs) as usual, he was playing some Elvis Sun Records era. And we were walking around his yard and we kind of circled around to the driveway and the garage. And he just kind of reached in there and slapped a skateboard on the pavement and just started pushing around. I'm like, oh man, you skate? He goes, I'm from Florida. What do you think? Really? And um, oh, and he man. could skate. I mean, you know, he, was, he looked like he'd been skating all along, you know, he was completely... Just a uh, natural. Yeah. Added. Okay. No, he looked totally like a skateboarder, <laughs> you know, and it was oh, surprising as, you know, anybody. So I shot a few shots and that was it. Uh, Tom Petty on a skateboard that's incredible and
1: and again if you go to Tom Petty's official um, Instagram account that picture is posted there you've been gracious and kind enough to let me post it on my account I'm going to do that in next year or so my Instagram account you can go to my Instagram
0: I think yes pop it on Tom Petty's uh, they're using some weird version of it but
1: But I'm I'm on your Instagram. You can follow Jim Arrington, by the way, at Jim Arrington. Last name is H E R R I N G T O N. You could also visit his website, JimArrington.com. Yeah, I try. I'm on your Instagram right now, and I I was hoping it would be there, but I couldn't find it unless it was posted a long time ago. It's it's Jim Harrington with an H. H. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I've been. I was not pronouncing the H. I wasn't sure how to pronounce it properly. My apologies for that, Jim Harrington. Um, but yeah, I can't find it on here. I guess I'll just dig some more. But um, it, yeah, I mean, Tom again. It's just Tom Petty skateboarding, and he looks like a freaking natural doing it. I, I know I'm being redundant saying that, but I it shocked me. You know, I thought I knew everything about him. Again, I I, I don't know how else you can research the man without knowing him personally, like you did. Um, that's crazy. And so so you just so you're like what is the what was the average day? Was it just When you guys, when you say hang out, right? Like, what does that encompass? Like, were you watching movies? Are you, are you just talking about current events and culture? Are you snapping photos while him and the band are jamming? Like,
0: please. Well, it was all the above. above. I mean, it was you know, it was usually, uh, you know, work, and it was usually being, um, you know, kind of doled out by. uh, well the whole thing was, is I came in the back door with these guys in the beginning and I met mm-hmm. them through this friend. And so, you know, I met them in casual circumstances, but then, and I just started hanging around and taking pictures. Actually, that's the way it happened. It was, I just started going there uh-huh. to the rehearsals and um, and then the management started seeing some of these pictures, and they liked them and started using them. And then MCA Records. Oh, well, if you want the whole weird one phase of my life. So uh, MCA Records, the label he was on, started seeing some of these photos. Mm-hmm. And they called me up. And the publicist there in the publicity office called me up and said, I, uh, we like these Tom Petty shots you've been Doing, maybe you can do some more. So I went over there, met with them, showed them what I had, and they said, These are great. We're going to hire you to do some more. Great. So I started doing some of that through NCA, but then I started um, somehow um, kind of dating, let's call it the uh, publicist lady. Um, <laughs> nice. Which turned into then I moved to New York from LA, but Then she and I stayed in touch, and she got transferred to Nashville, and then invited me to visit after I'd been in Berlin for a while. And I came in the early 90s just to visit for a week, and that turned into 10 years. Not with her, but uh, living here, which ended up being kind of a major phase of my life. So in a way, Tom Petty uh, is responsible for me moving to Nashville the first time. And I, I I just thought of that.
1: I just found the photo. You published it on October 20th, 2016. But the photo you published on your Instagram is not a high res. The one on his account was clearer, unless there was other ones I'm missing. But he looks, I just, I love that photo, man. That immediately ranks as one of my all-time favorite picks. And you've taken a lot of photographs, sir. I mean, you're, I'm seeing photos of Merle Haggard. I'm seeing photos of Morgan Freeman, Willie Nelson, who I love dearly. I, are you still doing a lot of this kind of work? Like, are you still being hired to do portraits of, you know? Yeah, I'm still
0: artists? doing it. Um, I mean, a lot of these people have died or... or uh, I mean, my real interest was shooting a lot of people that were from kind of another era, musician-wise. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it's always great to get that work, album covers and magazine work, but I was also always kind of doing this personal documentary project i guess you would call it Mm -hmm. uh, of a lot of these older people country blues rock and roll soul jazz all of it and so many of them you know have died and a lot of the really kind of super groovy ones that i'm interested in um i've either gotten or they're not alive anymore so yeah i'm still definitely do it doing it but i was also working on another project and it took about 20 years to do but this book about these legendary mountain climbers around the world people that were climbing in the 20s 30s 40s um yeah i was about to ask you about that the book is called the climbers
1: yeah and, and th- these are fantastic i mean portraiture seems to be your strength they, correct me if i'm wrong and that's just what i'm seeing the most and and it's understandable based on the quality
0: That's don't so so the- see the most i shoot a lot of stuff but that's the stuff that seems to get scene more.
1: And how it. did you get involved in the in the mountain climb? I mean this is, a, it's a fascinating topic of, of photography is that all these old school climbers who did not have a lot of the tools and resources today's climbers did, these are the pioneers of mountain climbing, some of these individuals were the first to climb to some of these peaks. How did you get into, how did you
0: get into this? Like how did that all start? Well it's, I think it's the same way that I get into everything that I do, whether it's music which drew me into chasing down these old legends, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Italian cooking. I'm really into the old authentic Italian cooking. So, and I'm a climber. um, Oh, there we go. And uh, I, you know, it's just the way my brain works. I I immediately get into the history of it and start somehow my interest in photography is, you know, it's just, Ever since I was a kid, it's like, well, I'm going to find the rare, old, last vestiges of something. Nice. And that's uh, suddenly uh, decided I was going to do that in the mid '90s. Go and it really started. I wanted to go find a couple climbers that were active in the ni- late 1920s, early '30s, in the Sierra Nevada mountains of California. And I didn't think beyond that. I just wanted to go find these guys, meet them, and, the, you know, take their photos. But also the camera's kind of like this, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a press pass or a, a invitation to get myself into people's lives also. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. I mean, I am serious about this stuff, but at the same time, it makes me look serious. Right. <laughs> so I photographed them. Then I got a couple more, and it just it grew from california to america to international and then suddenly it was a 20 year project and this book came out and that became my life uh especially this book tour that lasted two plus years and really only ended because of covid
1: that's yeah this this disease man is fucking everything up it's it's
0: well i mean it really it was running on fumes i mean it, yeah yeah I was, I was still getting some book dates but it was it was actually time to end it you had a really and, great run but it was
1: time. and speaking of speaking of times changing and i mean look you're a world renowned photographer you know a few episodes back we had on um dave nelly nelson he's one of the most uh, uh prestigious most renowned photographers in surfing um, and I talked to him a little bit about, about a little bit about surfing or not surfing I'm sorry photography in this day and age, and how much has changed because of the digital revolution and how easy so many people can take photos now, the ease of it. Most people call themselves photographers now. Um, how has the world changed for you? Are you still able to make an income? Uh, are, you, are you frustrated? Tell me your feelings about the, you know, the evolving world of photography from what it was to what it is now.
0: Well, yes, yes, and yes, and yes. Um, Good, good. I mean, photography has always changed. Let's get that straight. It's never stayed still. It's been evolving since the invention of it. Um, And they say 1839 is when it was invented, but there there were forms of it going back beyond that. And it has constantly evolved, and there's no Mm -hmm. doubt about it. and really, the first Instagram was the Eastman camera. Um, suddenly, you didn't have to be a, uh, uh, a wealthy scientist to do photographs. You could buy this camera that was preloaded, take pictures of your granny, and send it back to Eastman Kodak. Mm-hmm. They would return the camera, load it again for you, and little prints of the pictures that you took the last time. And that was game-changing, world-changing. Before that, nobody took pictures of granny or Thanksgiving or their house. Nobody. It was a strictly an art and a, and a science for uh, well-off people that had chemistry degrees practically. And suddenly, you know, in the very late 1800s, this thing and that you know, I'm convinced was truly the kind of Instagram of its age. You could, hmm. you know, anybody could snap a photo out in the sunlight and get a photo back and mail it. And so, um, and I'm sure there were, you know, those people back then, it's like, oh my God, we've given our secret to the masses, you know, mm-hmm. how's this going to change? How, how can I, because, uh, you know, a lot of these photographers, they would roam the landscape of, uh, saying, you know, would you like a photo of you and your wife? <laughs> and you, can, you, know, you can pay me. And that was a real rare thing. They would go through these small towns in the mountains. and It's like, oh my God, we would love one photograph of us together. That's how rare photography was. And this guy would do it and you'd pay him. But now if they could afford a little uh, Eastman camera, they could do it themselves. So that must have been... And it's continued to do that, you know, through the decades. Um, What we have now is digital and Instagram and phones, uh, you know, which is more crazy than ever, you know, and things are faster than ever. I could certainly complain until I'm blue in the face, and I probably have. (laughs) But, uh, you know, in a weird way, you have to sort of just respect um, I don't know, evolution and technology and, and people are going to do it. You know, it's, you yeah. just gotta, if the stuff is invented and it's made and manufactured and ends up in the hands of people, they're just going to sort of do what uh, humans are going to do. I don't think there's really any written rule about this. It just, I don't know. It's like a pachinko game, you know, those things, the ball's going to yeah. fall down to the hole in the, that it chooses or that's destined, I guess. I don't know. So yeah, it's frustrating for me because um, I mean, I'm almost 57. So I had some pretty active years Mm -hmm. pre-digital and basing, you know, my life and my loves and desires on a world that was kind of, you know, magazines being really strong, 1950s magazines, Richard Avedon, Irving Penn, this kind of zenith of not only photography, but magazine photography, portrait photography. And, and as I, you know, I was starting to get into it pretty well, and it was still kind of like being an Italian stonemason, you know, you, had to, <laughs> you were like a rare bird that had to be sought out. And then digital seemed to really get a foothold around 9-11. And everything changed. And yeah. then, yes, it's been a struggle. It's been frustrating. Um, and it's been difficult. And for a while there, I was like, oh, Jim's cool. He still shoots film. He's the real deal. Uh-huh. And for quite a few years, I was that guy, the analog guy. Wow, that's really cool. But then as time went on and I kept shooting film, I think it was like riding into town on a mule. It's like, you know, you're still on a mule. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, at some point it was probably detrimental, even though, you know, I, I shoot digital for jobs, you know, I'm, I'm good with shooting digital. But now it's even coming around again, these kind of newer, younger, uh, that Lomo camera, Well, that's already a decade or two ago but you know these people really making you know wet plate collodion and stuff right it just keeps kind of coming around and especially when i did my book and you know had some success with it um it made me feel good that uh there's still ways to do whatever you want you know i mean you can join the commercial world and get sucked into Instagram and digital this and that and there's plenty of people, there's, there's plenty of recipe out there to follow mm-hmm. but I felt good after this book because it really made me feel like um, you can still do whatever you want to do.
1: Are you, are you a proponent of, uh, of uh, you know, the, the post photo editing? Like do you use Photoshop and stuff like that or are you a purist or mix?
0: I had this conversation this morning with a friend of mine. Um, I find it a, a very curious question. What do you, what's your definition of a purist?
1: Someone who uh, relies strictly on the lighting and the composition that's presented to them within the the Nobody of the has itself. ever
0: done that. That doesn't ex- That's a made up construct that never existed. But how this, could you edit, how could you edit this a photo? Is a new, they, this is a new theory people have come up with that, never has it doesn't have any basis in the history of photography
1: but in the days of photo paper and and exposing negatives how could you edit a photo then i mean i mean how a of
0: ways and it was done i mean it was always done it was always done you had to you uh you used a certain contrast grade of paper you used a certain strength of developer okay You, you burned and dodged which is a major, major talent and a major deal of burning and dodging was uh, manipulated to hell and back, always. Had okay. to be required. I mean, part of the process. So Somewhere along the way, I don't know how this happened. It's so curious. And it, it, it's sort of like these purists who aren't, they don't really know enough. They, somehow they think Photoshop is this really invasive um, like, it's a bad word. Oh, you Photoshop! I'm not,
1: I'm not saying that, but there are I'm photographers. I'm not saying you, but I'm saying yeah, the yeah.
0: general consensus is the word Photoshop has turned into, ooh, you Photoshop!" like you took a piss on it. And it's like, well, <laughs> Photoshop is just, um, I mean, if you do it like I do it, mm-hmm. is you burn and dodge, which is exactly what I did in the dark room, exactly what Francis Frith did in the dark room in the 1800s exactly what they've all done and what we've all done it's total manipulation and if you're not doing that you're not really an artist you're not you're just sort of lazy and, and not even getting the most out of your negatives because you can that's never funny. get a negative that's perfect
1: that's funny because a lot of because i've talked to a lot of photographers in the surf industry and most of them will say if the photo comes out perfect as is they won't touch it but if the lighting's bad or you that's know it's almost
0: never happens. I mean, if it really is, it's not even something that's some cool thing to uh, strive for. It just, um, you know, the dark room is, or was, and is a craft. It's mm-hmm. so much about everything you do in there with that negative. Do you know, you know, Ansel Adams, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, his, one of his many famous sayings was the negative is the score or, uh, uh, yeah, the, the negative is the score. The print is the performance. Hmm. He's a musician. He was a pianist. Hmm. So, you know, it's uh, the negative is the song and the print is the performance of it live. And, you know, you can have my next door neighbor over here do a Beatles song and it's going to sound like dog shit. <laughs> that doesn't mean the song is bad. It just means he didn't do it right. And if you get Paul McCartney to do it, it's like, oh, that's what's inside that negative. And that's what it always was. And so, um, sorry to get heated about this, but it's become like sort of the Bible lately. It's become an accepted thing that Photoshop is bad and that um, analog photos were never manipulated. They were manipulated from the invention of photography. They had to. It's the only way you could get something out of them.
1: Yeah, my my personal taste is that I don't like to see the Photoshop or the editing in an obvious manner, right? Because at that well, point, I could tell. I, that it's I, been I didn't
0: like seeing darkroom work in an obvious manner. There's, <laughs> that, <laughs> it's, there, it's all there lies the art and the craft.
1: Yes, it's all subjective.
0: Uh, g- you know, g- Oh, no, it's back not to- subjective. I mean, well, it's subjective, but it, it's actually about the art and the craft. It's about right. being good, so that it, it's not. Overwrought and uh, grotesque, right? People uh, nowadays—they're not really going through the steps to learn this stuff because it all is very easy to do fast. You know, you can buy a DSLR and buy Photoshop and be and have a website and yes, you know, twenty-four hours. That These is right. People are missing the boat on really learning how to do this stuff. End of sermon. <laughs>
1: um in your opinion going back to tom real quick uh, and i'll let you go in a moment here thanks so much for taking time uh, and we're joined by jim harrington here and again you can follow him on instagram at jim harrington it's h-e-r-r-i-n-g-t-o-n and visit his website jimharrington.com. what was tom like as an individual i mean uh, i you know i my impression from reading all the interviews and is that he's he has an edge to him um in your opinion was, was he an easygoing guy was he constantly fun did you have to tiptoe in terms of what to say around him like like what was he like as a person
0: uh no i didn't find any tiptoeing um he was uh you know he definitely was smoking weed 24 7 so he was always pretty calm nice. i think he was probably like that anyway but um do you remember all the videos he did you know i the- do
1: and, and in fact until we did this i completely forgot that there was this skateboarding element in free Fallin'. Um, Omar actually brought that up. I was, I was up.
0: there for that, actually. I was there. Wow. I,
1: I think that. Tony Hawk was there too, right? He was one of the stunt doubles in that video. I think. I think he was.
0: I've grown to like Tony Hawk more, but I was still like a Dogtown guy at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, yes. I wish it was Tony Alva instead.
1: Um, yes. J- yeah, Jay Adams in the and crew. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, so if you remember those videos, they were really, there was a, uh, I don't know, what would you say, kind of a sinister comedy edge to them? Okay. They, all had some,
1: they all had narratives, yeah. I love that about his videos.
0: Well, n- narratives, yes, but with a dark comedy edge to them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that.
0: And um, that's one way to describe Tom. He definitely had a good sense of humor. He was, he was dry. He had a dry sense of humor. Which he did. I liked. He was... Um, I just—he I, was an easy hang. He was an easy guy. He was definitely smart. Didn't suffer fools, and he didn't suffer assholes. And that's <laughs> one of the great things about him—that he—he just—he didn't tolerate, you know, the the industry bullshit. And remember when they tried to raise the price of the album price? Yeah,
1: he sued. He changed the whole industry because of that. I well, it. He,
0: there was a lot at stake, you know, they could have just jettisoned him and said, you know what? You're making too much racket. <laughs> he, he risked a lot doing that and he, he did dug his heels in. So he was, uh, he was that kind of guy, you know, he was one of the good ones.
1: And the thing was just over a dollar. Right. And I, and I love how he, he was a yeah. man of principle, right? I mean, that, that $1 he saw was the beginning of a, a very negative change and he protested and won and, exactly now, i i love everything about him i to me the world is missing him especially in this day and age um i was so lucky to have seen him at the fillmore uh, about a year before he passed away when he was touring with mud crutch I, I miss his fillmore shows in san francisco in the 90s and and i it's one of those things where i, I almost didn't go and i would have regretted it for the rest of my life if i didn't and um but he i mean he saved me i mean i had his music saved me and i it's just a pleasure to speak to someone who actually knew him. Uh, before we go, uh, you know, this is a, we primarily talk surfing here and, and, you know, my co-host is a foreign pro surfer. I've been doing this sport most of my life. Um, do you have any interactions in your photography with the surfing world?
0: Unfortunately not. Um, so I'll give you my skateboarding history. I was, okay. I grew up in North Carolina and somehow, uh, luckily, uh, I think got, turned on the skateboarder magazine and (laughs) which was at a time when they were, uh, the writer and photographer, you know, CR Stesic and, um, he was often with somebody else, but they did these great dog stories on the dog town scene and, um, those things were really good. They were really poetic. You know, whatever the rest of the magazine was like, whenever these Dogtown stories came out, they just suddenly had this kind of, I mean, I need to reread them because it's been decades, but in my mind now, it's almost like this Bukowski kind of, just very oblique street poetry, kind of dark, and these black and white images of the Dogtown guys, which were skating in these you know, those were all kind of rough kids in Venice at the time. So um, anyway, that was my kind of... So funny, those guys were only like five years older than me. They just seemed like kings and princes. <laughs> yeah, But you know, obviously, so that surfing, you know, and the tie-in to surfing, that all came into my world. And I, uh, I did some surfing. I was never close enough to the coast to, to really get good at it or do it enough. Um, and unfortunately, have I ever photographed anyone of note in the surfing world? I...
1: It's different. I mean, unless you're in the water, you you better have a pretty damn big zoom lens. Um, so I can understand, you know, that not being a part of the repertoire. I, I've interviewed Stacy Peralta a couple times over the years. And He, you know, he was one of the members of of the Z Boys, and I think he I met directed him
0: it back in the eighties briefly. And um, yeah. he's been such a great guy, hadn't he? Just and he always was a good guy you could tell he was a nice guy but he's really you know stood behind the whole sport is that what we call it I hate that yeah. word I just, I just saw start. something he posted the other day and it's great to see that he's he's been a good thing all along right
1: he has he's an amazing guy and then when the Dogtown Z-Boys movie came out I interviewed um, Emile Hirsch who you may have crossed paths with the actor uh, I think it was recently in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I think he played Jay Adams in the movie. But yeah, I mean, that, that, that whole era, my friends and I, all we do for years, we just reveled on that because they were so revolutionary. And their their skateboarding style, I think, transferred to surfing because surfing was first. But when the skateboarders came out and you saw them doing all these crazy moves in the, in the empty pools, right, especially in LA, a lot of surfers saw that and went, huh, I can do that on a surfboard. And you saw surfboards get smaller. And so, like I said, I, there's this huge synergy between the two sports. Uh,
0: I've always heard they got their style from surfing. So,
1: you both it goes again. They, it, I think, in my opinion, it goes both. But it ways, probably right? did
0: bounce back the other way. After yeah, that. they
1: they influence each other for sure. And and to see Tom on that skateboard, I just I could picture him surfing as well. I I don't doubt he could have done it. And he has the look of a skate rat. I always thought that. But I just, until I saw your photo, I never saw any evidence of it, except for, I guess, um, free-falling. But again, those are just some random skateboarders at the end of the video. I, I had no idea that he was into it. Um,
0: anyways, well, man. You know, we didn't talk about it a lot, but uh, he wasn't just some guy that had a skateboard in his garage. There, you know, I don't know how to say it, but it, it's just obvious he skated a lot more than <laughs> you would think. That's amazing. Uh, He seemed to, I mean, he he definitely like just, you know, he threw it on the ground, jumped on it. I mean, he was totally that guy. You know, he wasn't like, oh, let's see if I can stand up. I mean, he just, he hopped on it like he'd done it a a lot. So at some point in his past, I wouldn't doubt it. He probably, you know, being from Florida, he probably surfed some too. Maybe.
1: I mean, Gainesville is like, and that's a very landlocked area, like like your background, but um, possible. You're right. It's very possible like would he do tricks like was it just a short board he was riding on were you just cruise or was he ever doing like you know was he doing riding rails was he doing you know kickflips anything like that
0: No, yeah, I mean you know this is uh, I think we were kind of quite stoned the- and <laughs> I love <that. laughs> he was just carving you know I mean I mean he's not Tony Hawk right right who is yeah, but, most um, but you know he, he he had that surfer style he just just doing some sim- maybe he did a wheelie He's definitely carving. You know, he kind of did a layback. uh, But, you know, we weren't in a pool or a half pipe or anything. It was just a kind of a slanted driveway.
1: And, and like I said a moment ago, if you go to uh, Jim Harrington's uh, Instagram account, at Jim Harrington. It's H E R R I N G T O N. Go to Tom Petty's uh, Instagram account or my Instagram account at Dog Wild. I'm putting the the picture there as well. And Jim, I would sincerely thank you for the time. I sincerely thank you for letting me republish that photo. I promise I will not make a penny off it. Um, <laughs> and and uh, it, it really was a pleasure, man. I mean, you're <laughs> in the photography world. You're among the elite. You're in the upper echelon of of in terms of repetition in terms of quality reputation i'm sorry in quality i it's just it's a pleasure to speak with you and um what's the next plan i mean do you have, is there any projects coming up or are you just hanging out right now waiting
0: i ha- no i wish i could just hang out Wouldn't but <laughs> um, uh, you know i haven't done a photo shoot in three months so uh, i'm like most artists uh, in need of work i'm heading towards this new project which i'm calling uncorrected proof okay <laughs> and it's Going to be a book. It's also going to be some kind of podcast video nice. story, series. And um, it's going to be a lot of all the music stuff. Uh, everyone thought my first book would be the music stuff, but instead it was the climbers. So mm-hmm. this is going to get a big bunch of my archive out into the world with stories. So that's what I'm slowly fermenting.
1: Beautiful. Well, let me know when that comes out. I'd love to have you on again to promote it. Um, and maybe talk some more, Tom, if you're up for it. Jim, thank you so much again, man. It was an absolute pleasure. Great to hear from you, man. Thanks for calling. Thank you, Jim. Take care. Have a great day. And that was Jim Harrington uh, here in Dropping In. And again, you can follow the show on all social media platforms, add um, Dropping In Pod uh, on Facebook and Instagram. I'm sorry, on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we got to get on Instagram at some point. And then uh, my, and again, my account again, uh, and, and I'm going to post that photo on there. Um, in addition to Jim Harrington's and that's at Jim Harrington. Or you can go to Tom Petty's uh, personal social media account um, or visit my Instagram account to see that picture. And that is at Dog Wild. Next show, oh, dog, you better come back, brother. Take care, everyone. Later. Hey!